Oh, here we go. It's the Dynasty Roundtable. And we got uh, we, we had to bring on our producer because if you don't know producer J or JR, as uh, that's his nickname, the Notorious JR, you need to because he's been in our chat every week. He's been promoting our show and we wanted to promote Jay tonight. So that's why Jay is on the show. And welcome to the Dynasty Roundtable, Jay. Thank you guys for having me. Been a huge fan for since the, since the very beginning. I remember Matt Babbage's first uh, podcast he ever did. You know, and it's just it's uh, it's an honor to be here with you guys, man. Let's go. Let's, I'm ready to go. What what are we talking tonight about, uh, Matt Babish with Jay? What's our topic? This is going to be an interesting show design. Uh, I I like this this format that we're about to establish, and I think it'll be I have a lot of good opportunities to have some guests come on and do some similar things. So Seth has his dynasty sells players you need to be selling right now in dynasty. He wrote an article about I would assume most of the people that you're going to talk about tonight on playerprofiler.com go check that out he's done short form videos for dynasty sales as well on the playerprofiler.com youtube so check that out uh but today he's gonna present his case for his dynasty sales to jay and myself and then you know he'll go seth will go through his logic and then jay and i are gonna tell him if we agree or we disagree so it's gonna be a little kind of fantasy court situation where we're gonna see if if we agree with seth in the case against these players in dynasty football so we have a we have a we have a tasty episode in store for you all. And that episode starts right now. All right, gentlemen, let's get right into it. Cause I, I have a feeling this, this could go long. Cause we, I got a lot of play. <laughs> could, could it's like the ultimate, I, I should have retitled stretch. it. The ultimate sell list or the ultimate fade list for 2024. And the first player that is on the list is Najee Harris, uh, because Najee Harris is not even their best running back on his own team. And that best running back is Jalen Warren. I mean, Jalen Warren outproduced Harris and less carries and bested him in just about every metric we care about when it comes to running backs. Worn out produced Harris in true yards per carry, targets, yards per touch, juke rate, breakaway run rate. And for really, when you look at Najee Harris, it's as simple as the targets and the target share. Like during 2021, when Najee Harris broke out as a rookie, he was getting all of those Ben Roethlisberger dump offs. And he led uh, or he had. Yeah, he led all of all of the running backs in 2021 with 94 targets. And now this year. He had just 38, and the reason why he only had 38 targets, which is number 33 amongst running backs, was because of Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren is getting more targets than Najee Harris, and in fantasy football, especially in those PPR leagues, even in half PPR leagues, that's what we care about because those receptions and those targets and those opportunities are king amongst running backs. So what do you guys think? I'll kick it off to you, Jay. Is Najee Harris a sell in Dynasty? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, Jalen Warren is by far and away a more versatile and more capable weapon. But also, I think something to add with Najee right now is that, you know, over the last few weeks, the, the narrative around him, it's been a little bit more positive than it had been early in the season. And so with that being said, I mean, that that's a great opportunity to take advantage of. because It's still fresh in people's head that, you know, that perhaps this offense is back. 
But in reality, man, I just think he's another one of those Bama plotters. And, uh, you know, th- th- there's there's more explosive and more present day NFL running backs available that you can rely on. So you, you feed off that good narrative, you might be able to cash out. So I'm with you on selling him for sure. Somebody, I don't know who it was, but somebody prominent tweeted, oh, Najee Harris, his first three seasons in the NFL, over a thousand yards rushing every season or something like this. So yeah, you're right. That That's why he's on this list is because the narrative definitely kind of changed, especially towards the back half of the season. Matt Babich, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm right on board. You know, uh, I've never been a Najee enthusiast to to say the least. I've uh, I've been a Jalen Warren enthusiast for a long time. So this is, but yeah. Jay made a really good point with the drumbeat being a little bit more positive uh, for Najee Harris as, as of late. So the last three weeks of the the regular season, 19th in in fantasy points per game for running backs, 14 fantasy points, 78 total yards and a touchdown. Week 17, 122 total yards, two touchdowns, 24 fantasy points, seventh among running backs. Week 18, 133 total yards, one touchdown, 24 points, six among running backs. We got the we got the stretch of Jalen Warren in the middle of the season where we saw what he could truly do. He started eating to that opportunity share. And then Najee just gets this stretch to end the season. It's the perfect way to give the Najee Harris owner or, or prospective buyers some some hope as you as you look to trade him away. I have him in a dynasty league where you know wasn't bought in on Jalen Warren yet. I was expecting Najee to you know get a similar workload to last year, which in terms of the rushing game he did. And I sat with my I was okay. I can't sell him. Like I, I can't do anything with Najee Harris right now. And then boom, the end of the season happened, and you get to we we have about you know four to five months really before we start getting to mini camps, getting people back into the building. That's when Jalen Warren buzz is going to start to hype up again. And so now's the perfect opportunity to cash in on that. When you look at the advanced metrics, as Jay mentioned, you know, Warren is the more versatile back. He's probably the better ball carrier. He's definitely the better receiver. And, you know, Mike Tomlin is being forced to abandon his ways. If he wants to keep running the same offense out there, his time in Pittsburgh is going to, He's not going to get his contract renewed at the end of the, at the end of next season. We'll we'll put it that way. So we're going to see this offense. They're going to try and get a QB. They're going to try and be more offensive heavy, and that's going to be through Jalen Warren, not Najee Harris. All right. Well, unanimous agreement. So uh, maybe maybe we'll get a little bit uh, disagreement. With the, next. Uh, the next player, uh, <laughs> the next player on the list, the ultimate dynasty sales list is AJ Brown. Uh, so the Eagles ended the season. We all know they ended the season in just about the worst way they possibly could. And AJ Brown, if he played as well as he played from weeks three to nine, he finishes a top 12 wide receiver six times and a top three wide receiver three times. And during that stretch, Brown was better than Tyree Kill, better than everybody. He was the wide receiver one in all of fantasy. The problem was how he finished the season and how that Eagles offense finished the season from week 11 until the end of the season he just he finished as a top 12 wide receiver one time I think it might have been two times but still not very good he also finished outside of the top 24 in fantasy points per game in all but two of those games and there like he did suffer a Bruce thigh in week 11 against Kansas City but that doesn't really that shouldn't explain why AJ Brown's production just dropped off 
I know they changed the offensive coordinator, so there could be a narrative that, oh, the offense is going to be better with a new offensive coordinator. Also, A.J. Brown's about to turn 27 years old, which isn't the end of the world, but he is approaching the A.J. Pex. And right now, in most people's rankings, including, well, not mine, he's a top five receiver in Dynasty. So, Matt, we'll kick it off with you. Is is A.J. Brown a Dynasty sell? I, I think so. I think so. Let's let's expand and look. So right now I'm on keep trade cut to just kind of get a, a a gauge of receiver value right now in terms of picks. Because if you're selling AJ Brown, you're either you either in full tank mode, right? You you're Maximum not looking at value. you're not looking at winning, right? So you're gonna maximize AJ Brown's value while you can get out from under him and get some picks. So on that end of the spectrum, it's about dead even in terms of 2024 early first round pick and AJ Brown in terms of value. So if you're a tanking team, are you taking a 2024 early first in Superflex or are you taking AJ Brown? You're selling AJ Brown every day of the week, especially if you're a QB needy team. So in that end of the spectrum, he's absolutely a sell. Now, if you're a competing team with AJ Brown as your asset, you're either going to have to, you're either looking to use him, you're going to be using a piece to either gain a quarterback or you know, leverage up at some other position because he's AJ Brown. You know, he was still a top, he was still a wide receiver one this year, wide receiver eight in terms of fantasy points per game. He had nearly 160 targets and this offense isn't changing drastically. If anything, they're going to get a better offensive coordinator to put AJ Brown in, in better situations. So next year, AJ Brown is still wide receiver one outlook. So if I'm a contending team, I, I don't know if I'm selling AJ Brown right now because I feel like there's, like you said, he had the back half of the season where he struggled a bit. The whole Philadelphia Eagles struggled on offense. And so was this an AJ Brown related struggle or was this an offense that was lost without their offensive coordinator and employing a head coach that does not know how to call an offense. They didn't have an offensive coordinator worth his salt. So in the short run, I kind of believe in AJ Brown. And if I'm a contender, I will sell him if I need a key piece. If I'm if I'm good at receiver, I'll sell AJ Brown to upgrade at running back. If I can get a if I can get a pick and and get maybe a younger receiver in the in the second, third round, along with you know, a running back to help me tool up my roster, I would do something like that. I would package AJ Brown plus to get an elite quarterback if I could. But it's tougher to sell AJ Brown if you're a competitor. What do you think, Jay? Absolutely. I, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it's definitely a guy that if you're going to make any type of move with him, first off, yes, you need to have a plan because you don't have many opportunities where you can use a name of such value with the matching production to trade. And as he said, if you're in rebuild mode, this is the type of thing that can propel that rebuild, you know, moving a guy like A.J. Brown. But if you're a competitor, that's that's some significant, you know, production that you're pulling directly out of your starting lineup. So with that, like, you definitely need to have a plan. I just find it odd that you look at the way the Eagles offense out the gate, that Eagles team coming out the gate looked like it was just the same team that we saw last year. And then you had AJ Brown throw his little tantrum. And it seemed like from that point, his numbers shot up, his production shot up, target shot up, all that good stuff. But it, as that went up, the offense as a whole began to, you know, start to come become what we saw at the end of the season. So I think that something else to be taken into consideration is, is his impact on the offense as a whole. And 
I think if Nick Sirianni wants to keep his job, he's going to have to understand that it's not about the one individual. And the way they're going to maximize Jalen Hurts and first-round pick Heisman Trophy winning Devonta Smith, you know, AJ's going to have to understand that this is about the entire offense. So there's just so many things about AJ Brown. You can never deny the talent, but you got to maximize this right now because there could be some changes coming. Yeah, that's that's well said. I remember that tantrum that you speak of. I, I was watching football and with we my all wife. do. It was and kind of embarrassing if you think it, about it. It was embarrassing, but you're right. What did it lead to? They it, they got AJ Brown way more involved, and his numbers did shoot up. But you know, it's it's kind of that you know the wide receivers are prima donnas, but you don't see like Justin Jefferson or Jamar. Chay. Oh, exactly. Like, they you know, they like, go earn the ch- targets. Yeah, like I, I, it's it's been a while since I've seen a classic full on, you know, tantrum on the sideline. Yeah, mm-hmm. ex- yeah, exactly. So, can we pick out the week that this tantrum happened? Because looking at the box scores and his target numbers, I can't do it. Like, there's no. I want to say it was yeah. week four or five. Okay, I thought so too. Like against Washington or, or L.A. or something like that. It couldn't have been Washington because he, he put up 100. Washington. He had 175 yards and two touchdowns. But even then it was like, the week prior to that. To start the season, he had 10, 6, 14, 13, 8, 9 targets through the first six weeks. So I'm imagining it was week five or six, and then he went back to 15, 8, 9, 4, 9, 13. But he was getting fed to start the season, and it, I, yeah. I, I feel like because he threw the tantrum in the, in the isolated instance, we kind of all were like, well, he's not getting the ball enough. He was getting the ball plenty. Yeah. That's why I never really I understood the tantrum. the reason. Like you're the number That's one target on the Smith. offense. Like he, Devonta Smith has one game where he gets ten targets, and AJ Brown's like, no, this is unacceptable. It's about me, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it. it God forbid it we didn't make sense playing. to me. Yeah, right. Exactly. It, I mean, it just didn't make sense, and it just seemed more like a, a spotlight thing. Like the like the 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 starter was shifting a little bit. He's like, hey, look at me. You know, when the whole time Jalen Hurts was feeding him left and right, it was never a point that justified that tantrum. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it might, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain, but we'll, we'll move on mm-hmm. to, to the next player. Uh, Kenneth Walker's the next player on my list. Kenneth Walker, uh, during draft night 2023, it was one of the most polarizing events that happened. The, the Seattle Seahawks took Zach Charbonnet, and everybody's wondering how this would affect. Kenneth Walker's usage and to be fair like I was one of these people who said no Kenneth Walker's a stud he had one of the best college years ever at Michigan State um however I we did see Zach Charbonnet while not be efficient eat into the tart like eat into the opportunities a little bit um Walker ranks as the RB9 according to keep trade cut and after two seasons Walker's never finished higher than the RB16 in fantasy points per game and doesn't see enough targets and and Charbonnet's there who's getting targets as well so Walker's snap share regressed from his rookie year and I think a lot of that has to do with them using Charbonnet more so Jay is Kenneth Walker a sell in dynasty bring you put up a very good argument and you bring up a lot of good facts but for me when you think about how difficult it is to come by guys that you can look at and say we have an idea of what his role is going to be. I feel like Walker kind of falls into that in regards to the amount of touches he's going to be seeing. Because at the end of the day, that's what fantasy is about, the opportunity. And we know that even with this major transition that the Seahawks are about to go through, I mean, in reality, you know, with new GMs and new coaches, guys, they're not tied to them. So there's no 
loyalty. It's solely based on what they're doing and performing. I feel like Ken Walker is just still so talented of a runner and still at that point where we haven't seen him reach his peak yet. I can remember distinctly us comparing him to Nick Chubb, and, and I still think we've yet to see that. I think in a new offense, he's stepping into year three. I just think that he's still someone that we have the potential to see to finally give us that top five season. Whereas with Charbonnet, it just felt like every time he had that opportunity where we thought he could shine, he just kind of let us down. And it seemed that when Charbonnet was having performances that would catch our eye, it was in a split role. Because there were games where Walker was hurt and Charbonnet was given the role. And it just seemed like there was nothing about him that jumped off the film. And so I think Ken Walker, I just it's hard to deny that talent, man. He's 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 got to be a top five runner talent wise in the league. And that, that's hard for me to just pass up, especially with such a weak running back class coming in. Matt, the weak running back class is a good point because it's not like you can just trash Kenneth Walker and then draft some sort of replacement. He's just one of those guys where just look at his part. Like, just look, I'm looking at his profile and every time Freak. I. Every every time I don't go past like the actual box scores of the season stats, I'm like, damn, like what LT, a guy. LT, <laughs> terrible player, 99th percentile college oh, dominator man. rating. The guy has 75th percentile BMI. He's got size and he also has not, like just groundbreaking speed. This guy can can do it all. Uh, we were told that he couldn't catch passes going into the year, and I think he broke two 60 plus yard <laughs> receiving <laughs> scores. Uh, last season and so I do tend to agree with Jay where I, I think I think the best is yet to come with Kenneth Walker it it also it does seem like he's contained into his role but no Pete Carroll no Shane Waldron in Seattle there's no guarantees right now that we're going to see I don't think there's any reason as to why Kenneth Walker should be you know, in the mid to bottom tiers in terms of opportunities per game. He's too electric of a playmaker to not be making sure some fun of uh, some of your offenses funneled through him. Look what Detroit has been able to do with Jameer Gibbs. Look what the Jets have been able to do in in spurts with well, exactly. But, you know, different Monty's a much different, uh, much different. You're right. You're right. Um, But look what, you know, the, the Jets can do with Brees Hall. Why haven't we seen that with Kenneth Walker? You know, I know that the Seattle Seahawks have had some offensive line struggles and you know, the whole offense, you know, kind of sputtered for most of this season. So RB9, on the other hand, clearly the masses side with Jay and I. But is RB9 too high right now? It's interesting. Nothing I feel like is more volatile than keep trade cut RB rankings. Like <laughs> Kyron Williams comes back right? one big game, boom, RB six. Like yeah. it, it all changes so fast, but Kenneth Walker is only 23 years old. He's sitting at RB nine. So we go below him, you know, James cook, Rashad white, Isaiah Pacheco, Saquon Barkley. I feel like he's pretty properly valued when we look at the people who are right underneath him. You know, maybe Rashad white has, uh, has, a case for a short term, you know, if you're a win now team, maybe putting him above Kenneth Walker, but if I'm a rebuilding team, it's already invested in Kenneth Walker. I don't think I'm selling now. Like Jay said, you know, weak running back class. This isn't necessarily the time to sell unless you are trading for another young running back prospect and some capital. Uh, but if I'm, if I'm going to sell Kenneth Walker, I want to sell Kenneth Walker, right? I want to get a first round pick. So unless I'm like wide receiver, desperate and RB overloaded and I want to invest 
in a Romo Dunes or, or, or maybe even a Malik neighbors, depending on the first round pick that you can secure. Uh, that's an, that's an option I'll explore, but for the most part, I think I'm going to be holding Kenneth Walker right now. All right. All right. Fair. I, I love Kenneth Walker, like Kenneth Walker's town as well. If like I was an NFL team, like he would be at top of my list as far as running backs. I would prefer my concern is from a fantasy perspective is the targets again, a lot's up in the air too, with the offensive coordinator going to Chicago, uh, Pete Carroll, they're, they're still looking for a head coach. So good conversation though. Um, we'll move on this one. I, this one might not be spicy enough, but I'll present it anyway. And it's Calvin Ridley. And honestly, there's a time to trade players in dynasty and the time to trade Calvin Ridley would have been last off, like last during off training season. camp of last off. <laughs> like, cause everybody and like, even like some of the high stakes players, which got my attention, like some pretty prominent high stakes players were pushing up the ADP of Calvin Ridley and redraft. And I was like, what am I missing? You know, us at player profile, I think we're pretty unanimous, like against taking Calvin Ridley at the back half of the second round, early third round and redraft cool. kind of where he was getting pushed up to. And if you took him there, man, that was, it was brutal. But so the time to trade him would have been at the start of training camp last year or during at the end of training camp last year, because he steamed up the rankings and he ultimately disappointed. He was wide receiver 18 overall and wide receiver 27 in fantasy points per game. Ridley just turned 29 and is scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent in 2024. And the likelihood that he winds up with a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence is slim. But if he does that, I think this is the opportunity. Like if tomorrow or well, free agency hasn't opened up yet, but let's say free agency opens up and Calvin Ridley signs with Dallas or some like, just think of like Kansas city. Let's just say like Kansas city needs a wide receiver. I, th I really believe like that's going to be an opportunity or a window to sell Calvin Ridley because like I said, he's 29. This is why you got to stay tapped into the news. So Matt is Calvin Ridley a sell in dynasty. If he goes to KC, I'll tell you right now, I'm buying. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Okay. He got a year under his belt. We all knew we, we were talking, you and I talked at length about why we would, where we're fading Calvin Ridley. And part of that was because like he, this guy is not just going to step back on the field and all of a yeah. sudden be an alpha target earner in this offense. And, I think my favorite take of, of my own of 2023 was Christian Kirk over, over Calvin Ridley. Uh, no, and, no. and the Calvin Ridley truthers are lucky that Christian Kirk got hurt because I was, oh. I was, I was at the point where I was going to be relentless, just tweeting about Christian Kirk and Calvin <laughs> Ridley all the time. Um, but he's wide receiver 40 right now. You know, we're, it's about the point where you can get him for a mid 2024 second. So if I'm a competing team, and he goes to any good offense, even if he stays in Jacksonville. I'm down. I'm down to throw a 2024 mid second at Calvin Ridley and see see what shakes because he did have those boom weeks. He does have a year and a half ish of no tread in the tires, so he is going to be 30. But you know, he just got his regular 30. Yeah, I mean, and it's 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 tough to it's tough to come back that quickly from that long of a period. So gets the season under his belt, especially if he's going to be playing with Pat Mahomes, I'll have, I'll have offers in the inbox. If he gets to, if he gets with Pat Mahomes, if rumors even start swirling, I'll send a mid second out for, for Calvin Ridley, because you just know, 
you just know this is how things shake out for us, Seth. We spend an off season. We spend an off season victory lapping Calvin Ridley, and then he's gonna sign with KC and be a world beater. And it's gonna be when his ADP gets pushed to round five and six because I feel like that's just how this league ends up happening. Guy in the third, guy who gets pushed up to the third round stinks. Next year's ADP is fifth through seventh round, and he becomes a league winner somehow. This is you know the fantasy world is Adam Thielen, but Adam Thielen. So uh, I, I'm not necessarily selling. Uh, if I'm a re- I mean, if I'm a rebuilding team, yeah, I'm selling. But uh, I, I'm going to be keeping my eyes out on Calvin Ridley for competing teams. Jay, what do you think, man? It, it's not fair because you throw a monkey wrench in as soon as you start bringing up the possibility of him playing with a guy like Mahomes because we already know that Mahomes elevates guys to an extent. And this is from a Chiefs fan because we're still waiting on Sky Moore to show us something, right? So though Calvin Ridley... Look, man, he's the typical Alabama beta. And again, if he falls into the right spot and is utilized in a specific type of role, sure. But to bank on him in your starting lineup, I think you're risking taking a big risk when thinking about, you said a mid-second round pick. If I had a shot at with a mid-second, the way mock drafts are looking right now, you could be looking at a guy like Keon Coleman or, or Xavier Worthy. And if I'm in that position, I'm taking those guys over Calvin Ridley right now i've never been a big calvin ridley guy the mahomes thing is not a fair situation though (laughs) it's just one of those things i mean if we start thinking about ideal landing spots sure i mean what if what if he went to buffalo i mean that that'd be a good spot for him you know but still i just think with him there's just this cap because as matt said when kirk went down you had this side of people who were like watch now people gonna eat their words saying that this guy you know was supposed to be a bust because Kirk is better. And again, what did he act? I mean, he put up some numbers, but again, it was, he, he didn't have a league winning week. You know, he didn't put up like a numbers that just blew you away. I'd still take Kirk over him. If you're buying on him, good luck. Now let's say he, he lands in Jacksonville, just the, the neutral scenario. He stays where he is right now. You're a competing team. So last year you finished top four in your league, most dynasty leagues, you know, three receivers, two flex. Would you rather have Calvin Ridley or Keon Coleman, Xavier Worthy, uh, insert sec- mid-second round wide receiver? I still think I'm taking the upside on the Keon Coleman and Xavier Worthy over Calvin Ridley. Even knowing so, even knowing that the the typical trajectory of these these players to reaching their peak is within the next two to three seasons, not the next one to two seasons or this season. Yeah, I think for me. It would it would just depend on the context of my roster. If I if I'm depending on Calvin Ridley to be uh, a everyday starter for me, like I might ugh, I might be in some trouble. I like he if he's a if he's like my third flex, then maybe that's a different story. But the way like I try to build dynasty teams is I try to get out ahead of it while still being competitive. I think if you can maintain that balance, that's the way to go. But. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to lean. We we've seen what we what we're getting with Jordan Addison and some of these other receivers. And I'm not saying like Xavier Worthy is Jordan Addison. I mean he's he's an electric playmaker, but we'll see where he ends up. And we'll we see weren't what... getting Jordan Addison in mid second round of rookie drafts though. No, no he's a one. Fair. He's no, a one ten, one eleven. Yeah, like, that's it. No, a huge, we're talking. Well, we're talking Jaden Reed. Matt, we're talking Jaden Reed. Matt, I was talking in the context of like a rookie wide receiver. What kind of production okay. that you okay. would get? All right. Um. 
So like, I'm not saying like he's going to produce at that level, but I don't think you really need him to, to win the trade. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he, he, I just, he, I think he, I think these guys are going to come in and like, depending on the situation, like landing spots, very important. Like, I think they mm-hmm. can produce for you, like maybe not up to the, what Calvin Ridley's going to do with the Jaguars, but what if Xavier Worthy percent. ends up in Buffalo? Yeah. just a lot. Of, like, yeah. We don't game know. Game he could be a bust. Time. Yeah, a lot. To, yeah, a lot's still up in the air. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a good conversation to have because these are like the decisions that facing dynasty managers in the offseason is like, do I keep Calvin Ridley or do I trade him away for that mid second? Because that's probably the value that you're looking at for a Calvin Ridley. And if you're asking me and if you're asking Jay, it sounds like I think we're taking the chance on that mid second because I like a lot of the wide receivers in that draft. Like in the mid second, you're, you might not have Xavier Worthy there, but you might have. Brian Thomas, you might Xavier Leggett, who Cody Carpentier and Matty Kiwum, every time they bring them up, they're like, he looks like DK Metcalf on tape, even though the college <laughs> production's not there and he's he's been injured. Like you you look on the tape of Xavier Leggett and you're like, oh my God, like this guy looks really, really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and we just talked tonight on the hurdle, which you guys should go check out after this show. Who who does Cody have taken? Xavier Leggett, and he's super plugged into these mock drafts already in January. Yeah, Kansas yeah. City Chiefs in the late first round, like the like, and, and Jay just passed out. Like, doesn't that just make oh, a ton of sense? And I know we're talking, I know we're yes, talking NFL does. draft. I know we're talking NFL draft in January, and a lot can change. But the Chiefs need a playmaker, and oh my God, like I, Xavier Game Leggett. opposite Rice. Yeah. So Jay's a fan of that. But anyway, so this these are good. This is this is. We're having a good conversation here. This is gonna be this isn't gonna be an interesting moment for me because I'm gonna be get I'm gonna get to be right about Calvin Ridley in two distinctly different ways, one right after the other. And so this is gonna be <laughs> to be a double victory lap where I'll be like, I was down in 2023, I'm back in 2024. <laughs> I'm gonna take yeah. the guy who's gonna Roller finish coaster, as a top baby. 24 receiver next year over the guy that might might push for the top 30 if if he finds himself in a very good situation well that was james connor with the pod father like james connor was off of uh you remember like in 2022 yeah. and then he was back in on Pittsburgh, in yeah yeah because he was mm-hmm. like an eighth or ninth round yeah it's all about adps and values and stuff Dynasty uh, wave baby sam babbage in the house what's up sam mr mr babbage hey, mr babbage um all right so we're gonna move on to the next player after this player we'll probably need to take a um, an informative segment break. Uh, but we're going to talk about Jerome Ford. And I will admit, this is tricky because there's a lot of unknowns right now. There's Nick Chubb suffering a gruesome injury in week two against the Steelers. And I think it's very possible that the the Browns release him uh, because it will it, it's going to save them roughly $12 million in cap space. Although it, it's going to depend on how they feel he's going to recover from his injury, if we're being honest. But there's a there's a chance that they cut him. It's going to save him some money. Therefore, you would think Ford should be a favorite to lead these this team's backfield, but not so fast because there are many high-profile running back free agents. Ford is a former fifth-round pick. He wasn't very efficient with his touches. I know he like if you picked him up off the the waiver wire in your redraft league, he probably he probably really helped you out. But he ranked number 52 in true yards per carry, number 35 in yards per touch, number 40 in juke rate, number 29 in breakaway run rate amongst running backs. Ford is another running back who's going to have to dodge the NFL draft. I know it's not a good draft class, but there's going to be 
like Bucky Irving looks looks okay. Braylon Allen, there's some running backs in there. There are simply too many scenarios where Ford loses opportunities and therefore value in 2024. Jay, is Jerome Ford a sell in Dynasty? This is a tough one for me because when you look at the athleticism, the speed score, it's there. There are things there. And there were moments throughout the season that, again, it was, you know, you, you felt like they, there's definitely NFL talent and ability there. The Nick Chubb situation does concern me as to whether he's going to come back and when he does come back. And if he comes back healthy, obviously, that's going to affect how Ford is used. But what happens if it does turn into a situation like it was where it was uh, Chubb and Hunt, and it's a it's a real balanced approach now with Chubb and Ford? That could work. And you're talking about a team, I believe, that was top five in rush attempts this past season. And that that's Cleveland. That's Stefanski's offense. They're going to run the ball. you know. So I think opportunity could still be there. But I think the biggest factor for me is that I think with the way Cleveland is putting together this winning team and, and, and considering how they built it and who they have to pay, it may be better suited for them to, as you said, you cut Nick Chubb, keeping Jerome Ford is still a very cheap option. A fifth round running back, he's not getting paid big bucks, but you're getting production from him. And I believe they had a 29-year-old Kareem Hunt come in, and they were able to make that offense run with sleepy Joe Flacco. So – I think uh, I think he's a hold for me simply because he's in an offense that we know is going to run the ball. And I think that build matters. And they're kind of cash strapped after overpaying for Deshaun Watson. So I think I'm holding on to Jerome Ford, to be quite honest with you. RBs are hard to come by. Matt, what do you think? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'll say that I am probably going to be selling because, again, we think about you know, we try and take things a step further here instead of on the surface level, you know, like RB 33, you know, you're buying or sell, right? Like we, like what Jay was talking about, we try and contextualize things and, and think about the different scenarios when Nick Chubb stay and Nick Chubb going, but to, to kind of put, to kind of theorize the, the rosters that have Jerome Ford, right? There are probably rosters where if you're in more shallow leagues, then he was a waiver wire pickup. If you're in deeper leagues, he was a guy you were stashing, getting no value out of. Maybe you picked him up for dirt cheap off of somebody else's roster. Now he's worth a late second round pick. So this is where, you know, it just all kind of depends on where your team's going, right? If you're if you're sitting with two boom bust older running backs who, you know, you're going to have to build up an RB room. He's still in a good situation right now where, like Seth said, like there is a real chance that that Nick Chubb is is a cap casualty on the Cleveland Browns, and maybe he comes back on a discount. Maybe he doesn't. You know, who knows when he's going to be fully recovered from this knee injury. There's too many question marks right now with Nick Chubb's future with the Cleveland Browns for me to move off of, uh, move off of Jerome Ford that much because of that. And then, again, Jay with the great point where even if Nick Chubb does come back, and it's a fully healthy scenario. Like, are they going to be giving Nick Chubb bell cow touches after all this happened? No. Tony Pollard on a tibia fracture, like just, you know, a tibia fracture, not a completely tearing your knee apart. Uh, it, it took him probably three quarters of the season before he started looking like he had that burst back in 2022. So, you know, uh, I'm willing to hold on Jerome Ford unless I am already an RB wealthy team. And in that case, I'm selling them. I'm selling them for what I can get and, and continuing to retool my roster other ways. Because when you are, you know, that lucky to, to be RB rich and have a guy like Jerome Ford, you have the luxury to sell them and continue to retool your roster in other ways. Very well said, you guys. Very well said. 
Um, he got me. He got me because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pick whore. And so when he started saying <laughs> mid second now for Jerome Ford, yeah, I think I, sure. if it's if it was mid second, I'd do that in a heartbeat. I think it's probably got like if, if if you're playing in some of these like you know more of a sharper league, like it's probably more yeah. like late second, early third. I think it would be fair. Um, just given this rookie class, but running back, you know, you, the chances of you finding a running back in this with that pick is a little bit, you know, it's not as likely this year, you know, that that's it's crazy you- how the running back positions change so much to the point where it's not even necessarily determination of like talent anymore. It seriously comes down to opportunity and location because yeah. there's probably more talented running backs out there for sure. But, you know, yeah. are they going to get the shot? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true for a lot of that's true for a lot of yeah. positions too. Uh, well, we'll we'll we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna he- hear from Underdog and the Podfather, but after we come back, I think I've got a, a player that's probably gonna may- maybe hopefully not make a lot of people dislike this video. I don't know. Like Dynasty Cells is always a tricky topic to cover because you know you, you talk about somebody's favorite player and they're like. Oh, we don't yeah. like this you know it's but anyway we'll see we'll see you know it's 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 also kind of a fun topic to talk about but uh after the break we'll, we'll have more dynasty cells for you more analysis from the guys so stick around after this break that like button. and hit the like button It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically underdog Pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you can 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 boom. You can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Well, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode, so we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than. Madison, less than. But also, Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, and you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100 underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. Promo code Underworld, go start picking. And there's another show that you should check out that's gonna, it's moving back to Sunday nights. It's called the Dynasty Warzone with Memphis Young. You gotta check that out if you like Man. Dynasty, if you're into it. They, they just dropped an episode, I think, was it yesterday? Because they're still on their old schedule. I don't know what they're doing, but they, they dropped an episode yesterday, maybe because they had a schedule conflict, but it was really good. You gotta go check it out. Uh, I think it was uh, Dynasty Trades or something. I think Dynasty Trades or Dynasty something something involving Dynasty Trades. I know. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, the chat. Feel free to weigh in on these Dynasty cells. Tell me if you agree or disagree. 
We'd love to hear from you. We've got Julia Barr. We've got Julia Barr in the chat. Calvin Ridley is Rashi Rice's dad. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, it's time to sell. Najee Harris was after Najee Harris's rookie year. That's true, David. If you did that, you're a genius. Um, and uh, we have Anthony in the chat. We have Anthony in the what chat. Up, RB is availability and opportunity. Good, just hey. like just like Jay was saying. So the next player on the list. All right. And I have like 20 players on this. There's no way we're getting through. Hey, it was a players. juicy list, man. You did really well with that. That's impressive. I, I appreciate it. I, pr- I try to keep it juicy and honest. You know, that's all <laughs> I can do. And if we, I don't know, we could probably tag that and clip it for, for some purpose. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> can, we do, can we do a quote tweet with that one? Like, Seth, you gotcha. Like, that like, should be the new title. Keep it honest. juicy and honest. That's right. That should be my new, uh, my, my new description of my Twitter handle. Uh, Cooper cup, Cooper cup is pains me to say, it cause Cooper hmm. cups, like one of my favorite players in the NFL, but Cooper cup, he's still a really good player when he's healthy. Unfortunately, he's battled injuries over the past few seasons and his production has gone down. As long as Stafford's the quarterback, I think Cup's still going to be a productive player. However, his production dipped mightily in 2023, ranked number 23 in fantasy points per game amongst wide receivers. And the sharp downturn from his back-to-back seasons, like he finished back-to-back wide receiver one in fantasy points per game, which is incredible. Um, But since 2021, his yards per route run stat which ranked number one when he ranked number one uh, in fantasy points per game in 2021. In 2023, he ranked number 32 in yards per route run. And perhaps this has something to do with the emergence of Puka Nakua. That's very possible, but it looks as though Cup is regressing just based on his metrics. And sure, he still could have some magic left in the tank, but in the post-30 world that he's living in right now, it's really, really tough. So I know you're going to be selling low, but I think you should, if, and again, it probably depends on the context of your roster. If you're a win now team, you're probably keeping them, but I think it's probably a good idea at least to consider trading Cooper cup. Jay, what do you think? This is a heartbreaker for me too, man. Cause I, I love yeah. me some Cooper cup. Oh, yeah. What a fun and brilliant football player to watch do what he does, man. His skills are just next level, but we're talking fantasy. And from a fantasy perspective, I think the only good we can feed off right now is that Matthew Stafford said he is coming back next season. So you need to sell Cooper Cup because without Matthew Stafford, I don't know if we could see anything from Cooper Cup that would ever make us feel good about putting him in our lineup and feeling good about what we could potentially get out of him. Matt? Yeah. Are we, do you think we're able to sell Cooper Cup for more week two of 2024 after he goes for like 120 and two against Seattle or something like that? Like, do we, do we think there's, do we think there's this perceived fall off with these older receivers where we, and I haven't tracked like dynasty value to see if this is true or anything, but I feel like there could be a trend here where we see the, he's, he's RB third, sorry, wide receiver 31 on keep trade cut. So I wouldn't be shocked if we looked up in September and saw him back at 27, you know, within the top 24. So uh, but, but like yeah. you said, right, if you're a contender, you probably are holding on to him because, you know, are we going to sell at the bottom of the barrel for a guy who's going to have some offensive continuity? He's another year older. And, and that's really the argument, right? Like, do we think he's going to fall off a cliff because he's 31? I don't know. We, we know that he's he's a guy who's not, you know, taking the physical hits. He's very he's kind of smart about how he how he maneuvers his routes and how he goes down and. <laughs> You know, he does get hurt, but he tries to play so that he can 
offset that a little bit. And so, yeah, if I'm a contender, I'm struggling to sell him right now because I know I'm going to be selling for bottom dollar when he could very well be within the top 24 receivers next year. And, you know, I hurt my team because I, I was trying to panic. So when you're a contender, you're kind of willing to be a year late on these guys. And I don't think we're a year late on Cooper Cup yet. I think there are some struggles uh, and, and it does have to do with the emergence of Puka Nakua. You know, when when you have this shining star in your offense, now all of a sudden you're not getting you're not funneling 15, 16 targets a game to Cooper Cup. But he is still going to be in a Sean McVay offense with Matthew Stafford. Uh, and, and if I'm a contender, I'm going to be, I'm going to be riding that train until the wheels fall off. But if I'm anything other than a win right now team, I'm selling for what I can get because the, the risk is not worth the reward. The reward is not worth the risk. If you're waiting on him. and he, if he does fall off a cliff and you're a rebuilding team, now you have a dead asset that you can't get anything for. And, you know, you probably should have sold last year and you decided not to. And so, you know, going back to kind of what David Ross said, where the time to sell Najee Harris was after Najee's rookie year. Yeah. <laughs> but the time is also right now if you still have him. So the, the same kind of goes for Cooper Cup if you're if you're not a win right now team, which is you're going to be telling yourself, oh, man, like I should have just sold when I could get something for him. So, you know, this is a, a two ends of the spectrum thing where, you know, where you're at right now is is determining what you what you do with him, but on face value, I'm, I'm, I can buy into him being a sell. Right. I, I just want to add something real quick. I, I have a contending team and I, I can't, again, I agree with everything you're saying, Matt, but I did turn around and I flipped him actually for Roshan Johnson and Marvin Mims, just trying to stay ahead of that curve like that. And I don't hate you know, that. It's, it's, I don't hate, I don't hate that. I don't, I don't hate, hate that. that at all. I wish you know, I had a little bit more for Marvin Mims, you know, in year one. Uh, but I still fully I think Judy's talents there. Oh, I mean, I, Judy's, yeah, Judy's yeah. gone. Um, I, I believe in the talent there enough to discount how unlikely it is that people who perform as little as Marvin Mims in their rookie season end up end up being a guy. But we saw a lot of flashes of playmaking ability for mm-hmm. those players. Seth and I were were very on top of Roshan Johnson and Marvin Mims. And the capital. I like that. The capital. Oh, did you get a pick too? We're invested as well. Uh, oh, oh! You're talking about the draft capital in in those players. I see what you mean. Yep. Yeah, they tra- yeah they traded up for Marvin Mims. That's uh, Sean. That's that, that that's one of the more per- perplexing things. Like that that uh, yeah that he traded up for him and then barely used them um, in an offense that was kind of struggling there. Like they were tra- trying to season to learn the offense. Yeah. There you go. Trying to get value out of Jerry Judy is what it seemed like based on the the trade yeah. deadline talk. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. They still might. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, okay, so this one is might light the world on fire. We'll find out. Uh, I can already hear the unsubscribes and the dislikes coming. But oh no, Devon A Chain, I think is a dynasty sell. Uh, and this one's it's going to trigger people because there's no doubt he's electric when he's on the field. He was the RB. He has RB one overall upside any given week where he's on the field because he breakaway runs like we're going to talk about here. However, I think he's going to be a part-time player going forward out of necessity because of his size. Because this season, he ranked number 41 in weighted opportunities. Luckily for him, he ranked number one in true yards per carry and number one in breakaway run rate. So I'm fading a rate, a runaway breakaway run rate machine here. Uh, A-Chain's efficiency propelled him to be the RB5 in fantasy points per game. However, 
He only played in 11 games. And this year, there's going to be no discount on A-Chain. In fact, he ranks as the RB7, according to Keep Trade Cut. And that is very, very pricey. At that price, uh, you could get Pacheco plus, Rashad White plus, or multiple rookie picks. Maybe multiple first-round picks. Maybe. It's a risky move because A-Chain could ascend as high as RB1 overall in Dynasty. There's a world where it happens. But I think it's smart to cash out now. What do you think, Matt Babich? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. We we saw him come into the league, and this is a, a, a guy in Mike McDaniel who's capable of getting the most out of Raheem Mostert and, and Jeff Wilson as well. So that's that's really tough because if if those guys are able to come in and no disrespect to Mostert or Jeff Wilson, but these are easily replaceable assets. And A-Shane himself, you know, third-round pick, uh, you know, the, you know, they can draft a guy in the fifth round to compliment right now. Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen. That'd be that'd be something. But two games all season above 15 carries, four games all season above 10 carries. That's I mean, RB RB fantasy production is purely driven off of opportunity. It's purely opportunity based. If you're outside of the top 20 in weighted opportunities. Uh, trust me, I, I've done I've done the research on this one heavily. If you're outside the top 24 in weighted opportunities per game, your chances of being an RB2 over the course of the season are slim to none. Slim to none. So you need to be in that threshold of running backs if you're going to be an elite asset. If you're going to be ranked at RB7, you got to be within the top 20, at least in weighted opportunity for me to buy into efficiency ceiling. And and that's all A chain has right now is efficiency ceiling. If he's going to be getting ten, you know, barely eleven weighted opportunities per game next season, that's going to put him closer to closer to thirty than twenty. And you know, you're going to have to bet on this world beating efficiency again for him to make up this value. And this feels like one of the players where I'm going to fade and I'm going to be hilariously wrong, but I'm going to be willing to make that mistake just because of past production and where it comes from yeah this is a fantasy receipts waiting to happen right here like (laughs) you know what i mean like because we could be this could be terribly like i'll admit right at the start like this i could be horribly wrong like this could be chris johnson this could be like this that that he's no doubt he's electric i'm not i'm not saying he's not but matt you said something that triggered and like that sparked a memory in my head because when i was doing my research on devon a chain he did. He barely finished as an RB two overall. He finished as RB twenty four, and that just goes to show, like what you're talking about. He finished forty one in weighted opportunities. He barely finishes as a RB two overall, and I know that that has to do with he missed games. I get it, but that's a part of this evaluation. He's he, like he likely is going to need somebody to keep to to be in the backfield with him to take those in between the tackles carries, like a David Montgomery, like in with Detroit. You know, like that, that would be very good for him. And if if you told me that he gets a David Montgomery like player, I don't know if it's Braylon Allen in the draft or somebody in free agency that can help him stay healthy, that can take those carries that let's be honest, we don't want our fantasy running backs taking anyway, like in between the twenties, you know, like then, then I, then I'm more bullish on Devon H and I just don't know how they're going to utilize him. And I'm just looking at what I've seen this year and I go, God, RB7's real high. So, Jay, what do you think, man? 
I mean, just because I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because we started off with Ken Walker and I, and I was talking about running back talent. Look, Devon A. Shane's got running back talent. The kid is talented at what he does. But again, it comes down to opportunity. And I think that when you look at Miami and Mike McDaniel as a coach, this is, this is a smart man. And he knows that he's best utilized in a specific way. And he's not going to run this kid into the ground because there were other opportunities where he could have been use, utilizing him where they deferred to Jeff Wilson, where they deferred to Raheem Mostert. You know, it's situational. And when you're sitting here telling me that he's up to RB7, man, that's a lotto ticket to me. Because what you could potentially get, the number, the amount of pieces that you could get back or something like that. I mean, I know how Matt said that he could look back and really regret this one. But if the, if the right pieces fall into place, with the you get two, three pieces for a kid like this, it's hard to argue that. Fine. He may, he may end up, continuously being a top 15 back sure but for that price no i'm out man i gotta sell i'm with you guys on this one for sure yeah a couple yeah. of a couple of interesting things that i kind of want to add on to is we when we kind of think of the dolphins they run so well that we almost associate them with being more of a run heavy team and they were only 16th in team run plays per game over the course of this season so we're not talking about a run heavy team. We're actually talking about a team that likes to keep things moving and, and stay involved in the passing game. And he had an 11% target share, which is historically, if you're, if you're clearing a 10% target share as a running back, you're probably finishing as a top 24 back. So the, he has that going for him where he is a talented pass catcher and he's going to be involved there, but he also was number 35 in red zone touches with only two goal line touches. So, he had 11 touchdowns in 11 games in 2023. That's a that's a pretty nuts touchdown rate. Like we gotta expect. Didn't he have like four in one game though? Yes. In that uh, the Denver game where they scored like 70 points. Everybody scored a touchdown that game. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something we have to expect to take a take a step backwards. And Raheem Mostert, but and then on the other end, Raheem Mostert had like 12 touchdowns from the one yard line. So. <laughs> there's there's a, there's a lot to pick apart in this situation which makes it a really interesting interesting predicament here but with the hype around his name right now like you can get so you can get a lot of pieces for Devon oh, HA right now yes so we're all we're nice all foundational agreement. pieces absolutely yeah no like I that like I oh. I genuinely think like there there are people and like somebody will be so enamored with them I think you could get multiple like, I think there's a world where you can get two firsts for him. I really do. Yes. Like, I, I but, and if that, like, I could, there are trades that pop up in your inbox and you can't, like, you have to look at it twice to make sure it's real. And then you, like, you're like, did I really get this? And then, you know, you, and then you, you like, I, then you can't accept it fast enough. And that would be one of those for me. Why you pull a muscle from accepting it so fast. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting old, Jay. So that might, that might actually happen someday. Hey, um, I'm up there with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a couple more players and then maybe we'll go rapid fire with some of these other ones. We'll see. But Matt and I are going to debate on this one for sure, because we debated last night about this player when we were doing our wide receiver rankings and that's Debo Samuel and Debo Samuel out of all the weapons on the 49ers. He's the one that scares me the most, not because he's not an electric playmaker. He is, especially after the catch in, in 2023, Samuel ranked as the wide receiver nine in yards after the catch. He's always been good uh, with the ball in his hands. He's the wide receiver 12 in fantasy points per game, the wide receiver 15 overall 
in fantasy football. But the problem for Samuel is that his fantasy upside is directly tied to his yards after the catch ability because he ranks number wide receiver number five in unrealized air yards, wide receiver number 92 in a, in a dot average depth of target. So their game plan and it's smart is to get him the ball, get it, get him in space. Nobody can blame them for that. But the problem is that he's 28 years old. He gets injured a lot. And I could see that once his athleticism starts regressing, I think his fantasy production is really going to hit a wall fast because once he can't do the things that he used to do after the catch, you know, like it's uh, he, you know, he doesn't really win down the field. I, I, not anymore. I not, not anymore. Like, so I think it's best to put him on the trade block. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I'm with you on this one too, man. And, and, and besides everything that you already said, I mean, it's about Brandon Ayuk. This kid seems to take leaps every year in different things that you watch. And he's become such a technician as a route runner that it's better for the offense to go through him. And those type of, with these coaches, with the Shanahan and the Shanahan tree, these guys are all masters of creating situational football to create opportunities to maximize guys' skill sets. So I think with a guy like Debo, who was given a long-term contract, I think there was a vision and a plan for him. I don't think the plan was to build and run the offense around him because they went and got Christian McCaffrey as well. So when you talk about opportunity, the depth on that team, just how that that offense runs as a whole, nah, man. Debo's a hell of an NFL player, but for fantasy purposes, I think it's it's kind of been past time to sell, to me at least. You guys done? Yeah, we're we're done. You guys done? Here we go. The, the floor, the floor is yours. Go ahead. I think you should sell Debo. Uh, what? Uh, uh, what? Let's go, baby. We got him onto the dark side, man. We brought him over to the I, dark side. I don't know if you caught it. I I I kind of leaned over and kind of laughed a few minutes ago because I, for the first time, I didn't necessarily do this while I was putting together my my rankings. It was. Once I got to the end of the top 25 and I kind of saw Debo, you know, it was a little bit of gut feel like, you know, within the next two seasons, he could still be a wide receiver too. And and then I go and I see uh, he's valued right next to a 2024 late first. And my first thought was, oh, yeah, selling. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I, just, I, I pictured, I pictured myself crazy. I pictured myself getting an offer in my inbox for a late first this year for Debo Samuel and I thought about how quickly I w- I would hit accept. Uh, so those shoulder muscles, man. <laughs> I've completely moved, you know, and I, obviously I I've been I've been a Brandon Ayuk pr- proponent since 2020. I mean, going into the draft process, I loved Brandon Ayuk, so uh, you don't have to convince me to be on on his train and like, like Jay said, you know, with Shanahan, is Shanahan going to try and scheme a guy who's going to be open 10 to 12 yards downfield? Or is he going to keep trying to throw the ball to Debo five yards down the field and, and hope he can rely on some yak? Like there's still Debo still has his role. But I do think what happened in 2024, like now that I kind of think about it and listen to what Jay said, like kind of process it. It makes sense that this funnel to Ayuk was very intentional because it opened up more phases of the game for San Francisco. It Everyone. opens up it opens up the short area of the field for Kittle or Debo to work their way open. It, it provides space for a check down in McCaffrey. Uh, and, and being able to have that downfield threat, uh, not necessarily just a pure speed deep threat, but a guy who can run routes 10 to 15 yards down yes. the field, really stretch the defense out, open them up, keep them honest. That's something that they're going to need to power their offense through. So, 
uh, yeah, uh, getting a first round for Debo in, in my eyes is is an immediate sell. I was kind of picturing it more as you wouldn't quite be able to get a first and it'd be like an early second or two seconds, something like that. And that's where I was willing to hold on to Debo. But if I can get a first or or shit, even an early second and a next and a second next year, uh, I, I think I can I can swing myself for that as well. Uh, so yeah, I, you guys have convinced me. I've, I've I've taken my time to think about it, and and it's time to sell Debo Samuel. So I can't believe I get, we swung him, Jay. <laughs> so instead of uh, I think my last players, we can talk about my last player if we want to, but I think this comment's interesting. Uh, DJ Moore, I assume that's who he means by DJM. What do you guys think? Is DJ Moore a sell high in Dynasty? No, that, no. that's my answer too. I think it's no. no. Because I think I think he gets a quarterback upgrade in Caleb Williams, and that's no like it's no shot against Justin Fields, but I've been pretty dialed in on Caleb Williams tape. I was watching some last night, and he, like it, it just it's just like you don't want to say Mahomes because that's not fair, but no, he's pretty he's pretty, he's pretty special, man. Like he's he's pretty like. If like I I think the Bears' minds already made. I think Caleb Williams is going to be a Bear that with the number one overall pick. I think it's time, and Justin Fields is going to be playing elsewhere. And I think that's an upgrade for DJ Moore. And if they bring in another wide receiver, which they could at number nine because they pick at number nine too, I think that could help DJ Moore too. And in a more pass centric 2024 version of the offense that we as Chicago bear fans have been dying to see in Chicago. Like we're, we're done with this and it's nothing against this style of football, but running and playing defense is not the way you win in the NFL anymore. So I think how you make money that the transition to Caleb Williams is going to help DJ Moore. And I think in this, I don't know if this is bold or not. I think there's a real possibility. DJ Moore is a first round redraft pick in 2024. If I have, if I have the 101 in Superflex drafts this year, I'm seeing how I can get it done and get DJ Moore on my roster. I'm angry again. What? DJ Moore, you can't sell him right now. Wait, 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 wait. Did you, did you just say that you would trade the 101 in a no, draft? no, 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 no. Okay, if I, okay. What if what? I'm staring down the barrel of taking Caleb Williams on my dynasty roster, I'm seeing if I can figure out a way oh, okay. to get DJ Moore on my roster. Like, obviously. DJ Moore's going right that right. stack he is a first round pick. So I'm having to give up. This is likely a situation where I, I'm trying to leverage a, a, a player plus potentially like two seconds, like a player in two seconds, yeah. maybe for DJ Moore to try and get that stack. Um, I'd have to make, I'd do some more thinking, but like, obviously the, you know, they have to, if I have multiple first round picks and I have the one one I'll try and ship one for DJ Moore, but in, in, in more situations than not, for me, DJ Moore is a buy rather than a sell. Yeah, there's such absolutely. Things, yeah, there's such things as buy highs, and this season with you know Justin Fields, uh, this was the best season of his career, and I think like there's more to. I know he's going to be 27, but the arrow is pointing up for DJ Moore. And they gave him an extension as soon as they traded for him. This yep. offense is more committed to be built around him moving forward. Than it ever was to be built around Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Ooh. Mm. Well, yeah, because that's a whole thing with Bears fans. Is like, did the Bears really? Yeah, sure. They traded the number one overall pick and got a haul, include which included DJ Moore. But they did they really go out of their way 
I mean, they signed a few linebackers. They drafted a right tackle. But did they go out of their way to really set Justin Fields up and go all in on him? And the answer was no, because you had a massive hole at center. You still do. Um, you, you, stu- you get Braxton Jones at left tackle, who's a fifth-round pick. I mean, that's a fair argument. Like, uh, that's a lot. Of, there's a lot of speculation in Bears land. Did they set – did they – you know, was the decision – made even sooner again tinfoil hat stuff but um anyway that's a good point though i think that's a good point all right should we do we're, we're already over but we'll do like rapid fire with like five names okay so you, it has to be rapid fire matt you can't go on a soliloquy like shakespearean style okay? <laughs> like it has to be buy. like are you buy sell or hold y'all know where i'm sitting but brian sure. robinson is brian robinson a I think he's a sell. Is he a buy, sell, or hold for you guys, Matt? First, with uh, with the pre-show time, cooking me with with six fifty nine, and now I'm usually the one going like, "Hey guys, like let's do rapid fire," hey, hey, even though yeah. I created this long show sheet. Uh, yeah. And, okay, Brian Thomas, Brian Thomas, Brian Robinson. You sell. got rookies on the mind. Sell, sell, Always. Jay. Jay? Sell. Get him out of here. Get him All out right. of here. We're selling Brian Robinson. We're punting him to the sun. Derrick Henry. Buy, sell, hold. I'm selling. Jay. Selling. Adios. It was good okay. while it lasted. Chuba Hubbard. I'm selling. Jay, are you buying or selling or holding? I'm probably going to hold right now. Okay. Matt? Hold. All right. We got two. one more. Josh Jacobs. Matt, are you buying, selling, or holding? I'm selling. Is he going to be in Vegas? Probably not. I don't sell. know. Sell. Jay? Honestly? Because of that reason, I think I'm buying Josh Jacobs. Only 25 years old. Hmm. This year, he wasn't running to the ground. We know what he's capable of. There's going to be a a competitive team out there that I think is going to try to scoop him up and bring him in. Man, if Josh Jacobs goes to Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Man. So, no, I'm buying. All right. I think that's going to. I'm buying, too. I'm buying, too. All right. (laughs) Yes, that's another one I got him over with. Come on. Nice. I, I think that's going to do it for us. There's so many. I, I mean, I wish we could have a two hour show. Maybe someday we will, but I'd have to talk Theo into it. And that's tough. Um, so, Jay, thank you so much for joining us. This is a lot of fun. Is there anything that you have to plug or anything that you want to promote right now? I'll give you the floor. I just want to give a shout out to my uh, my most important league, my home league, the Black Mamba League. They've all been so supportive of me and, and they know how much this all means to me and they've pushed me to keep trying to do this. So, Really want to shout out them and thank them for always supporting me. Um, I don't really do too much social media, man, but I can be found on Twitter, X, uh, the at NotoriousJ underscore R. And I mean, I'm all about player profiler. You know, I believe that I believe player profiler, baby. So I'm just here and hopefully we could do this again. And, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity, guys. Thank you so much. This is this is so much fun. And yeah, thank you. Absolutely. It was a pleasure having you on. This was truly uh, this is one of our, our best episodes to, to kick off, you know, the 2024 season. I mean, this was, this is a great time having you on, you know, you, you earned every bit of it. So remember that. And, you know, we're definitely going to have you back on. This was great. Thank you for all that you do for player profiler. Jay does not just, JR does not produce, just produce, you know, our show. He is essentially the Wednesday night he holds down the the player profiler YouTube channel on Wednesdays, and not like not just Wednesdays anymore. He's like Theo's go to guy for like Dynasty Life and oh, there we go, first and, class and fantasy. So yeah, he holds down Wednesdays, <laughs> yeah. and then is also Theo's personal chat consigliere. 
Yeah. Hey, oh. Consiglieri. Come on. <laughs> oh, my New York guy. So, JR, you do, you do so much for Player Profiler. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, the least we could do is have you on here to chop it up. And, and damn, like you, you brought the takes today. So, you know, we're going to definitely yeah. have you back on. Yeah. Thank you. Def- it's an honor. Yeah. Jay is – people like Jay are the unsung heroes of Player Profiler because they're behind the scenes – so whenever we get an opportunity to put the spotlight on people like Jay, which is the ultimate premise of this show, was to do that because there are so many people behind the scenes at Player Profiler, writers, producers that deserve more attention. And like that that was one of the reasons why I started this show in the first place, because I looked around. I was like, you have so many incredible people, you know, writing, producing that deserve this deserve a, their day in the sun and they want to do this ultimately. So why not give them an opportunity? And that, that that's one of what's well, one of my things that, you know, that's one of, one of the driving forces behind this show. So to get to come back to what it was, the premise or the, the idea for this show. And yeah, we've had on like Alan Sislowski and the pod father. And like when we get superstar guests, like we'll have those too. But these are some of my favorite episodes because more times than not, when we put the spotlight on somebody, they shine. And it's like you shine tonight, man. So tip my cap to you and we'll definitely have you back on again. Um, Matt, that's right. That's right. Go Chiefs. And uh, Matt Babish, do you have anything to promote before we get out of here? More articles to playerprofiler.com coming soon. So just stay tuned. Yeah, go check Player out. Player Profiler, baby. Let's go. That's, that's right. And there, we have a new – the thing. one thing I will promote tonight uh, is the Player Profiler slash fantasy site is something you need to check out. And I might actually bring it up here and show everybody. If you don't already know, uh, it's a new – it's a relatively new thing. And I'll go ahead and share my screen. And we'll do this. We'll do this right. We'll do this right here if I can figure out the technology. So as you can see, I'm not just doing this because my article's featured. Okay, I'm not just doing that. I wouldn't want you to, you know, go to this site just to read my article. There's so, all kinds of cool stuff on Player Profiler slash Fantasy. You can see the latest videos. You can see the featured article there. You can see the the recent news. The guys on the news desk do a fantastic job. And then you see all the articles down here. You see Theo Greminger's rookie rankings, top 10 rookie running back rankings. Uh, you see Tyler Canabley's like, what, what's next for these eliminated That's teams? That's a cool article. That is a really good read. You get Ahan Rungta's best bets every single week. His conference championship round was published yesterday. So all kinds of great stuff. And it, the best part about it, guys, not only is it great content, but it's a hundred percent free. free. So you should go check it out. No, but and I, I, I still it. contest. I still contest. Nobody puts out higher quality free content than player oh, profiler. Wow. Everybody else, no sir. Everybody else. And Joel, yeah, she Joel Yabara made that thumbnail, and it is absolutely fire. Like that is a sick thumbnail. Joel's Joel's another one of these guys who's an unsung hero of player profiler oh, yeah. as well. Uh, so. Uh, I'm going to talk directly to Aaron Rodgers right now. You just need to focus on football, okay? Just need to focus on football because Jaden Reed needs to have a good fantasy season in 2024. I have a lot of Jaden Reed in Dynasty, all right? So you need – well, I have the wrong team, don't I? I still have – I was like, what are we talking about here? I still have – I I don't – I can't believe that he I owns, that. He owns Chicago Garrett, that much Garrett, that you Garrett, still think he's the quarterback there. Garrett Wilson. That's what I meant <laughs> to say. Garrett Wilson. 
Garrett, Garrett Wilson should be a top five receiver in fantasy football. He should be a top five wide receiver in dynasty. So Aaron Rodgers, if you could just focus on football and stop doing whatever it is that you're doing now, I, that would be great. Uh, that would be great. Okay. Just stay out of the news, get focus on the playbook. All right. And nobody, and ultimately nobody cares about you anyway. So just do what you're good at and, and we'll see you in 2024. All right. Cause I'm kind of pulling for you, honestly, cause I think Garrett Wilson deserves better. I, I'm kind of pull. You're not. You're not in Green Bay anymore. It's fine. Do it for Garrett. It's fine. Like, let's get Garrett Wilson a top five fantasy season. Nobody cares about you anyway. So that's the show. <laughs> if I can find the end screen, it's the show. Here we go. Bye bye, everybody. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. Thank you.